Welcome to the Weight Loss for Fertility podcast. When you're trying to get pregnant, whether naturally or with the help of a fertility doctor, weight loss can better your chances of success. I'm Dr. Stephanie Fine, and I help you do just that. Let's go. Hello, fabulous. Dr. Stephanie Fine here with Weight Loss for Fertility, and it is time for Thanksgiving. Can you believe it? If you're listening to it in real time, it's actually this week, just in a couple days. And that can be really exciting. The holiday time is really starting. My goodness, can you believe it? 2023 coming to an end. Now, in last week's episode, episode 53, we talked about weight loss and Thanksgiving. And that included how to make the most of the Thanksgiving meal and how you can actually lose weight this week. So if you haven't already, go check that one out because that'll be really helpful for even listening to it You know, soon for Thanksgiving will be really helpful. And in light of that, in terms of Thanksgiving meal, I wanna remind you that it's only one meal, which is such good news. One meal has never made or broken weight loss, never. It's what we do most of the time. Now that's, so you, it could be a mess. <laughs> like you wanted to do something and it didn't, it's not a problem. The next meal, you just go back to what you know to do. Hopefully that includes the hunger scale. And of course for Thanksgiving, we're using the hunger scale. So helpful. Okay. So number one thing would be to use the hunger scale. That'll be really good. And in, in going with that, one plate is usually plenty of food. So picking your favorites, making sure you're eating when you're hungry, stopping when you're satisfied. So good. The other important piece is to focus on other things that during the meal, like connecting with people you love, you know, listening to old stories. If there's a a ritual or a a practice you guys do, you know, things like that. Focusing on the non-food things would be really good. Of course, a little tricky because Thanksgiving has so much to do with food for many of us, but there usually are other things besides the food. And then seeing if movement makes sense that day. So often there's busyness, but then there's also maybe some extra time because there's not really other work besides prepping and everything. But I mean, if you're prepping, boy, is that work. But you can decide to go for a walk or you know something with the family by yourself, whatever. So having some movement on the day too. That's just a, a teeny little primer for what's coming up in, in a couple days. But today we're going to talk about how to deal with family in this season of your life, in a time of trying to conceive, because there is, it's different. And we talk about this in a weight loss podcast, because I'm sure you can guess emotions and food are linked for many of us. So the bigger feelings we have, the more we want to eat, and it actually can happen unconsciously. You just feel hungry. Or more often, what it really is, is your brain saying, maybe we should have a snack. I was just remembering this. This is so interesting. I remember, I do remember when this happened. I was on a hike with my family and it was really scary. I mean, they thought it was amazing. I was slipping in the mud. It was so muddy and there were leaves and mud and and it was this tiny, trail that only fit your one foot, you know, and 
I mean, there were rocks and trees to hold on to, but there was a ledge. I mean, uh, basically, it's my uh, my horror. <laughs> my kids were having a great time, and, and my husband was not having a problem. I, on the other hand, was scared with like tears coming to my eyes, like truly, truly frightened. And the strangest thing happened is I'm in the middle of doing this, so I'm. It's a harrowing moment. I'm barely holding onto a tree worrying my feet will slip out from under me. And my brain says, oh, we should have a snack. It was so strange because I 100% wasn't hungry. We had just had a brunch before. I'm literally in the middle of trying to survive is what it feels like. And my brain gives me this, this very clear sentence like, oh, no, no, it's time for a snack. Now, what's so great about being able to notice that is that because I've done this work so much that I was able to see it. And then and then it occurred to me, like, I had to ask myself, why would you say that? <laughs> Just didn't make sense. It's because I had anxiety. I was experiencing anxiety. And my brain and body knew that the way I dealt with anxiety was with food. Isn't that fascinating? So it offered that up as a solution. Sweet, sweet brain, right? It's like, oh, you are not feeling well. I know what to do. I'm going to give you the solution. And here it is, a snack. Now, I had been doing the work so much. And it so my my food connection to anxiety was less. But because this was so heightened, this anxiety, that it snuck right in. And it was a gift because I could see how deep it is that many of us connect food to anxiety. And of course, it was connected because I did treat my anxiety with food. I would have, you know, chips or cookies or whatever it was. And so it was just giving the solution. So I, I say this to show how emotions really, can, we can have a deep connection to food with our emotions. And Thanksgiving can be so emotional, especially in this season, right? So we want to be prepared. We want to think about that ahead of time. And the emotions that I'm talking about here are painful, can be really painful. Depending on where you are in a cycle, depending on news you just got, there's so many things you could have wonderful news that you don't want to share yet, and you're still so anxious about it because it's so new. Of course, there are so many reasons to have anxiety when we're trying to conceive in whichever way we're doing that. And showing up to family and friends can be very challenging. So we know that there are going to be emotions. And we therefore also know that likely our brain is going to offer us food as the solution to these emotions. And what I want to offer is we don't have to do that. We can separate the um, emotion from food as the solution. Now, my story shows you that my brain still said it. I did not, you know, drop everything and have my almonds <laughs> because I had to get to the other side. But, and that's what can happen is our brain can offer us the desire for food. Like it's like, oh, we should definitely have some more stuffing. 
because Aunt Mabel just made a rude comment and it feels terrible. But we don't have to obey that thought in our brain. Just because our brain said it doesn't mean we have to do it. And that's really important to know. Sometimes we don't know that. Sometimes we think if our brain says it, we got to do it. I mean, most of us think that really. And just until we start to be able to slow down, notice the thoughts in our head, we, have, we can say, oh, that thought really doesn't make a lot of sense. Or that thought doesn't actually, it's not based in reality. It's a habit thought. It's a thought that just comes out of the blue. And when we use the hunger scale, it's so helpful in these particular circumstances. Because if you've just finished Thanksgiving dinner and you stopped it satisfied and you enjoyed all of it, and then Aunt Mabel says something and your brain says, oh, we need a second helping of stuffing, you can say to your brain, oh, I see what you're doing there. You're trying to help me. I appreciate it. And I'm actually done eating for right now. But thank you for alerting me that I need comfort because then we can actually, and that's what happened with my story. I noticed and I was like, oh, I am really anxious, which by the way, I knew. And you will know, you will likely know this too if you are upset by something someone says. That's a particular example that you will probably realize, right? Because it'll be sort of obvious. But there could also be a hum of discomfort, like if your cousin's pregnant or there's kids running around. So that there's that an unease or a sadness that's there that is that has you your brain wanting to comfort you, and it's not necessarily quite as clear cut as Aunt Mabel or Uncle Chuck saying something. So it's just good to be aware, and that's why we're talking about this now, right ahead of time. Hopefully, if you're listening to this ahead of time, and if not, you could use this for next year. We're not going to be surprised by the fact that it's an emotional day. And that right there is really important, that we are thinking ahead that, oh, this could potentially be emotional. How am I going to handle it? And so let's talk about that. How are you going to handle it? couple things. One is, depending on where you are emotionally, you may decide to skip it this year. I know that can seem drastic, but you will know if it just makes sense to you. This does not mean that it's every year, and it doesn't mean that it's the same for, let's say, if you celebrate Christmas, that you're not going to be showing up for Christmas. Maybe it's just this day. There's just, it's just too hard. That's allowed. That's allowed. And for you to feel the most safe, the most comforted, maybe to stay at home. Maybe not. Maybe it's to go to one of your two Thanksgivings and not, you know, one of them and not the other. Or maybe it's that you stay for two hours instead of usually you stay for five. So thinking about how you can give yourself what you need is so important. And sometimes we don't even consider that. And we don't give ourselves permission to even entertain that idea. How can you make it easier on yourself? That is a very fair question to ask. And if you need it, I suggest you ask yourself that question. It can be the best way to take care of yourself. So that's number one. 
even deciding whether you're going to go or not. So the next thing to do after you've decided whether you're going or not, if you're going to go, there is all the drama that can come up, the the heartache that can come up with people specifically asking you about fertility, which of course in real life is none of their business, or you may want it to be part of their business or some combination of that. So deciding how you're going to handle that, I highly recommend. Come up with a sentence, something that you can say that feels fine to you. You know, maybe it's very vague because you don't want people to know things, or maybe it is more specific, especially with weight loss too. And so, you know, there's there's overlap in terms of it being a sensitivity because people will also make comments about weight. Oh, you've gained weight. Oh, are you losing weight? Oh, you shouldn't be eating that. People say these things. God bless them. So having a, a line to me has always been a, one of the ways to deal with it. So a mentor of mine said the way she would respond is, I'm on my way. And I love that because, and what she said is it's very nonspecific, right? She, it could be, I'm on my way to the ice cream store <laughs> or I'm on my way of losing weight. Like it was vague enough and sort of addressed it without putting anyone in, in a, a position to probe further or you're not giving away information you didn't want to give. So something like that could work. And then of course, if you don't want to keep talking about it, you could say, I'm on my way and then give a little hug and move on to the next person. This is a talent. It's a practice of how to handle family. And I highly recommend you practice. (laughs) And when you do, you'll get better and better at it. So you're going to have a one-liner to deal with people talking about either your appearance in some way or your fertility journey if you're deciding to go and interact with people. The other thing that can help, and I love this, and I will talk about it every year, is Martha Beck's dysfunctional family bingo. This is such a good idea. And you can Google this. So if you write Martha Beck's dysfunctional family bingo, it will come up. You can get a card, literally, or you can just make it. So I'm going to tell you about it now. Her dysfunctional family bingo is brilliant on so many levels because ideally you're playing this with someone else. So either another family member, your partner, or friend who's going to a different Thanksgiving who's dealing with similar things. And you make a bingo card. And in the squares, you write things like, Someone asked me this question. Someone commented on my outfit. You know, my mom burned the turkey. You know, anything you can put on there. You know, Uncle Chuck got drunk again. My brother came late. You know, all the things. And you put them in squares and then you mark them off as they happen or soon after or something. Like the image I always think of is like running to the bathroom and marking off your card. It does so many things. The reason it's so helpful is first of all, if you're making the card, you're you're visualizing all the things that have happened in the past and can happen. So in that way, you're preparing for it. Again, that's what we just talked about. It helps so much. 
so you're not caught off guard. Which, of course, it feels sometimes like we're caught off guard when someone makes a comment, but really, every single Thanksgiving, they've made some version of a comment. I'm not saying there won't be a surprise, but it's so much easier when we can think ahead. And so you're doing that as you're putting in the little boxes for the bingo card. Then you've elicited help from a friend. You guys are sort of joking and laughing in the best way that you can with a situation that's challenging. So you have support in this with a friend or a partner or whoever you decide to do this with. Then what's happening is you become at the Thanksgiving dinner, or you know, obviously you can use this with anything, you're, you become the observer. So when you notice your brother coming late and everyone fawning all over him because, you know, he's the golden child and can do no wrong, instead of sort of fuming about it, you actually get a little kick out of it because now you get to check off that box. And that feels so much better. And we can do that easier when we're observing the behaviors of other people. We're, obs- we're just observing what's going on rather than being completely sucked into it. So then you sort of chuckle, you check off the brother's late, and maybe you've had enough of the other ones and now you have a line and you can text your friend and you could even make a little you know bet with your friend about who's going to fill it out first. And then you guys can, you know, spend time together, take a walk together, go see a movie together, you know, something for the winner. I love this. Even if you do it, you know, alone, it, all those things, the planning, the expecting, and the observing make it so much easier. And when we've done that, we're not sucked into the hardest hurt part of what these things can trigger in us. And then we, the food idea, the craving, the food habit isn't as strong or may not even be there because now we've changed how our brain's processing this. I love this idea. So for this Thanksgiving, you're going to make a couple decisions. You're going to decide to go or not to go, or maybe not stay all day or, you know, make plans for after the dinner or something that makes it easier for you to handle. You're going to decide how to handle the inevitable comments that your family will make. And and they may be making, they may really be coming from a good place. They just do not understand. There might be some family members that do understand and we don't have to spend very much time with those people, but some people think they're being kind. And so you're going to decide how to handle those. And then you're also going to decide on a game plan in terms of what you will eat, whether you'll eat a snack before, how you're going to decompress from the interactions with your family at home, with your partner, with friends, with a blanket, with your puppy, you know, how you're going to do that, hopefully without food right? Because we do want to train our brain to handle and deal with emotions without food. But that doesn't mean we don't need comfort. We do. It just doesn't have to be ruffles or even pumpkin pie. Okay. 
expect the drama and plan for it. Decide how you want to feel this holiday and enlist help, your friends, your partner. That will get you through. It really works, by the way. (laughs) It really works. And I want to close by taking a moment here to, to really to talk about gratitude, but not in the way that is it's normally spoken about. So it's an important part of the holiday gratitude. And often you'll get the advice to, to take the time and be grateful for the things in your life, which I'm not making fun of that because let me tell you something, there are actually health benefits to it. Not only that, it feels good. When we can generate gratitude for things, it, it really does help us like lower the stress response. So it's true. But that's not what I want to say. I want to take this moment to give you some well-deserved thanks. I want to give you some gratitude on behalf of your loved ones because it's not always forthcoming from them. But I want you to know that your efforts do not go unnoticed. They are appreciated. Thank you for all you do for your friends and family today and every day. But specifically, thank you for all the preparing and arranging. Thank you for the time spent waiting in line or cooking. Thank you for baking and stirring. Thank you for creating a beautiful space. Thank you so much for your thoughtfulness, for yourself, for your family, for your loved ones. Thank you for showing up in whatever way is possible for you this holiday. You are so loved. I will talk to you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. If you follow, share, rate and review this podcast, you'll be helping it reach others just like you and making their journey with weight loss and fertility just a bit easier. Lighten their load. Share in your groups and social media. Thank you, fabulous.